Okay, in this segment of our podcast, I'd like to tell you about how we take a topic and how we go with it. The topic can range anywhere from two weeks to five weeks, according to student interest. Usually kids will choose the topic, but there's a topic that I have to do every year because it is so vibrant and so exciting and so engaging, and that is birds, and that includes chickens. Yes, it does. So we start with a broad topic like birds, and at my house here in Barrington, there's a lot of birds outside and a lot of people can relate to that because they have birds in their backyard and some kids can identify some birds that live around them so that's where we begin we kind of collect information on where kids already are in their learning on this so what do we already know about birds and so there's a lot of sharing at that point and this for me is kind of like an assessment on what do we need to learn because there's a lot of misinformation that kids think about birds for example or things that are misconceptions and so I want to know what they know and what they don't know so a lot of sharing happens at the beginning of a topic who can tell me anything you know who can tell me a story that you've had about a bird so we kind of get excited about the topic by talking about what we already know and that helps me gauge where they're at then we start the learning so At my house, the backyard is the water. So we have cormorants flying around. We have egrets flying around. We have seagulls. We have ospreys. There were actually two ospreys that made a nest on top of a crane right across the water. So we were able to watch them. So kids brought in binoculars and we kind of turned the back of the house into a bird watching station. So we had a whole day where we said, what are the common birds we're seeing? Let's make a list. Now let's take our clipboards outside and observe with binoculars or just with our own eyes how many we're seeing. So this is how we work math in a little bit. So the kids made tallies of what they saw. And then we continued our journey around the neighborhood. And oh, the robin, I noticed we didn't see the robin near the water, but now we're seeing the water in a different kind of environment. We're seeing the robin in a tree or near that bird feeder. And so we observed that different kinds of birds prefer different types of habitats. Chickadee is personally my favorite bird, but I don't see many out here because we don't have trees that would support a chickadee. But we do have seagulls, and why is that? So we talked a lot about habitat, and we observe an egret fishing, how they kind of walk slowly through the water and dart their faces in the water and get these little minnows. But overall, that lesson was about tallying and talking about counting in fives and just being aware of what birds are around us. And by the end of it, kids were like, I had no idea how many birds were actually around us. So it made us aware of the presence of birds. So the tally bird watching lesson was first, just to kind of gain a broader perspective of what birds are around us. Then we do a lot of science in pods. So this is this is kind of a science experiment, you know, just observing our, our environment around us. And then we got Casey Farm eggs. We got a dozen eggs from Casey Farm. We had them in the incubator. We learned about what the incubator does. We compared the human body temperature to the incubator temperature and made observations about the differences in temperature between those two things. We talked about humidity. Why would an eggshell need humidity? So all the learning we do goes into a learning journal And so any kind of activity that we might do that's a paper-related task 
or an observation where we're writing about it goes into a learning journal and it's just basically a notebook where kids decorate the cover so they may have drawn some eggs and some chickens on the cover but our body of work goes into that learning journal but anyway back to the lessons so we talked about Rhode Island Reds and about Dominiques for the two kinds of chickens that we got. I usually take out the entire section of books at the Barrington Library on our topic and we look through them and we try to pull information from them. I don't use technology at all in my pod other than showing a video on my laptop occasionally of something that I could not illustrate otherwise. I do use YouTube to show videos of topic aspects but it's mostly using books from the library, kind of like Little House on the Prairie. We're like a one-room schoolhouse, which is kind of nice. We would learn, let's see, where are we headed now in our learning? So we're learning about Dominiques and Rhode Island Reds. We might make a Venn diagram and compare the physical characteristics of each. We might talk about how the Rhode Island Red is the, the most laying chicken, which is why it's the most popular. So we may talk about cultural aspects of it, why people might have chickens in their yard. And then one of the coolest lessons we did was actually take some eggs from Shaw's from my fridge and crack them open to observe the anatomy of an egg. So within that lesson, we were able to find and locate the mem. There's two different membranes inside an egg, the germinal disc, which actually is a little white collection of cells on the yolk, which actually turns into the chicken that is the genetic information that the embryo needs to grow into a chick. But these eggs from Shaw's are obviously not fertilized, so it would just remain as that germinal disc. But it was fascinating for the students to realize that that little collection of cells is what turns into the chicken. The yolk is the food, the albumin, the white, is the actual water source. And there's actually a little air cell at the top of the shell, at the top of the egg, where the chicken uses that to get oxygen. So it's really fascinating and mind-blowing and I always tell the students I'm actually learning alongside with you even though I'm 52 I still am learning things every single day so they see me as a lifelong learner as well so all the while we're going through the days and the days are ticking up to 21 days and we're drawing pictures of what we're um, imagining the embryo is looking like we're looking at pictures maybe online or I have this cool little plastic egg day one through 21 and it shows each day the embryo developing so we're drawing that we're candling them or writing our observations so there's a lot of writing observations during these scientific topics so we're also don't forget we're doing crafts all along the way we're doing chicken and bird poetry all along the way the children have a collection of poems that go with all their topics. At the end of the year, they're taking home an anthology of poems that they've learned and loved and illustrated as part of their poem book. So we're getting a lot of literacy in there. We're getting a lot of science. So at the end of 21 days, the moment has finally come. We've waited long enough and we've observed the anatomy of an egg. And now that the chickens have hatched, Actually, each pod got to see a live hatch. They were there when it happened. What is more exciting than that? We actually got to hold them. The last four days of our chicken study, our bird study, was really just holding these chickens and observing 
how they're changing and observing what is in the incubator, what does a chicken need to survive, how do you compare that to a human and what a human needs to survive. We're talking about days of incubation. This is where some math might come in. A chicken has 21 days of incubation. A duck egg has 28 days. What's the difference? Maybe for the lower pod. A giraffe has 470 days of incubation. What's the difference between a chicken or a duck or a human who has 280 days, I believe? That's 40 weeks. So math comes in very anecdotally. I cannot teach math in a directed teaching lesson because it's a multi-age group. So math kind of comes in as it's relevant in that way. And anyone that would want to share their process for solving a problem like that can come up to the whiteboard and share that. And I think everyone benefits from that. But there's no direct teaching of, of math because there's so many methods to solving so many things. And most parents have a program that they're following already. So it would be a challenge for me to teach math in a directed lesson. So moving on, the last two weeks or so of our bird study is observing and holding the chicks. It's a very uplifting time and the parent showcase for that is also great because parents come in and the parents are holding the chicks. So during a topic, I try to give every aspect of curriculum. We do a lot of writing, we do a lot of science, we do a lot of observation, we're doing poetry, we're doing a little bit of math, and we're just enjoying. The idea of our pod is to enjoy learning, and so if I sense that there's a lull, then I say, okay, I think we've learned everything that we're interested in, interested in learning about this topic, so let's move on to the next topic. So the topics last about a month or so, sometimes less, sometimes more. And that leads me to talk about Parent Showcase. At the end of our topic, parents are invited in to see the body of work. We actually make a checklist of things we want to show our parents because we're very proud of our work. So parents come in and the, the children tick the boxes off. Come look at my poem book about birds. Look at the poems that we did about birds. Come look at my project on the wall. Come see my art project. Come see this group work that we did collaboratively together. So it's like a celebration of learning. And parents are overwhelmed by how much children have learned. They go home and they tell their families, I found this out, Miss Ruthie didn't even know this and now I know it. They tell their parents things that their parents never knew. So it's a really nice, engaging, deep learning kind of vibe we have going on here in pod like a lifelong learning like a discovery like I want to find this out is there a way to find that out and because we're a small group we can take learning in that direction so on my website you can see lots of photos of the things I've described just try to enjoy and try to see those photos as part of a bigger picture of all the learning that we've done and our cultural topics are much different. There's more research involved in those. We get a lot of library books and we kind of pull information from there. Like cultural meaning like countries. So if it's a scientific topic, we're doing a lot of observation. If it's a cultural topic, we're looking at the culture and looking at the food and looking at the people and looking at traditions. So I hope that gives you a good idea of how we teach a topic. If you Again, if you look at our website, you'll see lots of photos from lots of different topics. Thanks for listening.